All right, Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you, God, that we are here to gather to worship you, honor you, honor your presence. I thank you for the word of God today. Lord, let it just challenge our hearts. Let it build faith in us. Let it do something to spark by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the time of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to do a, a one-off message called Radical Faith, and I really want to encourage you in your faith today. Pastor Paul was tapping into the prophetic again today as he ministered, um, but it's so awesome because I believe God has just amazing things for your life. I believe you're really teeter-tottering on this, um, this breakthrough. How many can feel that? There's just this great breakthrough in your finances and your relationships and in, in your healing in your body, the desires of your heart. And so I really want to stir up and activate that gift of faith on the inside of you. And how many know the Bible says the word activates faith? So today I'm believing that's going to activate your faith. Amen. But sometimes we need to um, recognize the areas that we're carrying the burdens and the disappointments in so that we can give them to God. Amen. And then that way we can eradicate that from our life and step into faith and believe God for these things once again. Because I believe that they will come suddenly, but sometimes we have to put a little faith in what we're believing God for. Have you ever, ever said this before? If I only had blank, life would be easier and better and you fill in the blank if I only had a husband hallelujah life would be better if I only had two streams of income if I only had a wife or whatever that is right maybe more time or a different job and we can look at what we see in the natural in our life and go well if that was different then I could have what they have over there and how many know that's deception because God's not a respecter person, so what he has for them that you see, he has for you too. So we have to remove if I only had and step into what all you do have, which is every promises in the word of God. Amen? You have nothing missing and you have nothing broken. Everything is in your life right now capable to receive the blessings of God. All we need to do is activate our faith for the blessings of God to be attracted to us. Remove our doubt, remove our unbelief. So what I want you to listen to in this message this morning is from that place of if I only had blank. I want you to see that because that's the place of defeat. That's the place, like Pastor Paul said, why didn't God show up in this situation? It's where we default to settle for less than what God has for our life. So let's listen from that prep from your greatest need. Can we do that? Okay, we're going to uh, share a story this morning. I'm going to kind of preempt it to give you a basis of where it's at. But this was three kings in the Bible, and they joined forces. Now think about this. Three nations joined forces to go war against the Moabites, one nation, right? So if you think it's three against one, how many of you think the three is probably going to win the battle? In the natural, it looks like, boy, this is victory. We're all going to come together. We're going to join our forces. We're going to draw, draw our strengths. Then everything that we have planned is going to be perfectly mapped out. Has anybody ever had your, all your ducks in a row, and you thought, boy, this is going to be the perfect job. It's going to be great. Boy, Faith Builders is going to be the perfect church. It's going to meet all my heart's desires. It's going to be everything that no other church has been for me. And you've got everything mapped out, and it doesn't turn out the way that you think it should turn out. 
Don't raise your hands, but we've all been there, haven't we? We're in disappointment. So they expected to win easily. They had it all mapped out. If you look at the names of the kings quickly that were joining together, you had Israel, Judah, and Edom. And Israel meant rule as, God's, um, rule as God prevails. Judah is praise, and Edom is twin or double. So if you just look at their names and what they represent, everything about them says they're a winner. Everything about them says they're victorious, that they're overcomers. Their name identified that. I'm telling you today, everything inside of you is an overcomer. You're victorious. The God is greater on the inside of you. He wants to give you a double anointing. He wants to bless your life. He wants to put praise in your heart. But when we're going through a situation that looks like defeat, we forget who we are. We forget that we're victorious. We forget that we're God's favorite. I always say I'm God's favorite. I'm sorry. No, we're all God's favorite, right? We, we forget that we're the head and not the tail. We forget that we're victorious. We forget that God has a plan. God already wrote a book about my life because all we can see in front of us is something didn't go the way that we thought it should go. And all we see is defeat. And so what began to happen in this story? They begin to go. They got all excited. They begin to march around that city for seven days. They marched and they marched and they had their plan and they had their agenda, agenda but they never had the strategy to attack the enemy. And what happened? According to the Bible, they ran out of water. Their army, the people got thirsty and so did the animals. What happened? They had a very significant need. And as you're sitting here this morning, you probably have a very significant need. You probably have an area that you really need God to show up in your life. You really need that miracle. You really need the increases in your finance. You really need joy. You really need favor. And you're finding yourself in a very significant need. And if that is you this morning, you are in the best place of your life. And I'll tell you why. My point number one this morning, your greatest need becomes a blessing when it drives you to depend on God. When I'm in my greatest need, when I, have, I need only God can do it, it gets me on my face before God. It'll get me walking in prayer. It'll get me praying in the Holy Spirit. It'll get me beginning to fast. I'll begin to do the things that I need to do because I know only, only God can do what I need in this moment. So where you're at, it's the greatest place because God wants to perform a miracle right where you're at today. But we have to put our faith back in God and stop looking at what we see. We've looked at what we've seen long enough. Somebody say amen. I've been defeated and discouraged and broke. My marriage has been struggling. Can't stand my kids today. Hallelujah. We've been looking at that long enough. And it's time to see what God sees. Amen. So let's look at 2 Kings, verse 3. We're going to start there. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. Somebody say they're in trouble. They're in trouble. What, exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? Have you ever felt like that? Like, God, I've been serving you. I've been loving you. Maybe I put my trust in you, and I find myself here 
Did you bring me all the way here only to have the enemy defeat me in the end? And that's what they were facing. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? And what I love about King Jehoshaphat and what he did, they had walked for seven days, they were tired, they were thirsty, and Jehoshaphat had enough sense to stop and see what the Lord had to say. How many of us just keep marching in that desert? We're thirsty, we're hungry, we're angry, we're tired, we don't like the life we're living, we don't like where we're at, and yet we never stop to ask the Lord what he is doing in this situation. Some of us need to put the brakes on in our life and say, Lord, I've been here way too long, and I don't want to be here anymore. What do you say about it, God? You've got to get your word from God, amen? Because he has a way better perspective than you do. I sing this song all the time when it comes to something like this, but it's that song, um, slow down, baby, you're moving too fast. You got your hands in the air and your foot on the gas. You better slow down, baby, you're moving way too fast. Some of us are living in this destructive behavior. It's self-destructive to our soul and our emotion and our household and our finances that we don't stop long enough to say, God, how can I fix the problem? Where are you at? How do I adjust the situation? How do I get back into faith? Amen? It's time to stop, get off that locomotion that's out of control, and say, God, what do you want to say about this situation? So Jehoshaphat, praise God, said, is there no prophet that we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Saphath, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. Praise God. He knew of Elisha's, of his um, history and of his story and how he heard from God. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. What were they in search of? A miracle. In search of a miracle. You think of the story of Elijah and uh, he had told Ahab uh, it's, it, it had been a drought for three years, and he prophesied to King Ahab, and he said, it's going to rain. Go eat, drink, and be merry. Isn't that a wonderful word from God? It's going to rain. How many expect it to rain that afternoon? I'd be like looking for that rain cloud. God gave me a word. Hallelujah. You're going to travel the world. Okay, when's the first ticket going to come, God? Right? You're looking for that instant miracle, and that didn't happen. Elijah gave this word from God, but the Bible says that he went and put his head between his knees. That was a man who was like, God, you better come through. I just told the king, eat, drink, and be merry, and there is no cloud in the sky. It is sunnier than it's ever been. And that's where we find ourselves. God, I've got this word, but I'm not sure you're fulfilling it. And what happened? He went and looked seven times. He didn't lose his faith. He didn't lose his hope. He kept sending his servant out, and all of a sudden, there was the miracle. There was a cloud the size of a man's hand. Listen, your miracle is in motion. That desperate place that you're in, God wants to meet it more than you know, but we've got to keep looking unto Jesus. We've got to keep looking for that miracle. Look in faith, believing that it is coming, it is on its way, that breakthrough is about to happen, and I'm not going to look at these, what I see in the natural, but I'm going to look at what God says in his word. Amen. Not going to look at what I see. So these three kings, they go down to Moab thinking they're going to win the war easily, and it's not easy. 
But something you learn about these kings if you're studying them, these three kings were not really serving God. They knew about God, and they weren't really seeking God, but they found themselves in trouble. And what was the first thing they did? God, can you help us? This is for the people at home that didn't come today. But when we're in trouble, what's the first thing we do? God. God's like, hey, I've been here the whole time. I'm a faithful God. My hand is not short. My ear is not deaf. You walked away in faith believing I didn't go anywhere. Right? So they cried out to God. See, that's the desperation when you're going through a trial. Let that be a cry out to God. Let that be a moment that you're going to take a time and say, I'm going to spend time with the Lord. I'm going to spend time in his word. I'm going to put on worship instead of a podcast. I'm going to listen to worship in my car, and I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get in my prayer closet and start walking and praying or fasting a meal. That's saying I'm desperate for your word, God. Because if you don't have that revelation, you've got to draw to God so you can get that truth, so that you can get the miracle. That cloud was already out there. It just hadn't manifest yet. Listen, your miracle is already out there. It just hasn't manifest yet. But we quit looking. We quit looking with faith expectation. And we kept looking at what we see instead of what God sees. Amen? Hallelujah. So they said, let's call Elijah. Maybe he can do a rain dance for us. Hallelujah. He's a miracle-working prophet. I mean, if you look at Elijah's, Elisha's history, he was a, a rookie prophet, but he had so many miracles. He parted the Jordan. That's what we read in the Bible. He spoke to a poison spring that nobody could drink without dying, and he just threw salt in it and spoke life to it. He, um, when uh, four, four boys came out and called him baldy, 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 he didn't tolerate that. I don't say we do this, but he called out a big bear to devour the four boys. <laughs> there was a fear of God when Elisha showed up on the scene. Amen. And you know that water that he healed the bitter waters is still good today? Tell me God isn't good. He healed those bitter waters all those years ago, and they're still good to drink today. So they called upon Elisha, and they knew if they could get him, they could get a word from God. So let's look at what happened in 2 Kings 3, 13. Elisha said to the king of Israel, why do you involve me? Aren't prophets like a little arrogant? Like they just seem, if you've ever been around a prophet, they are kind of like that. He said, go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. You know, go talk to your mama about it. Don't talk to me about it. He said, no, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not pay any attention to you. Now, I want to stop there a minute because there's something so important about our integrity. Get quiet. When your integrity and your that's why you don't want to burn bridges. That's why you don't want to go gossiping all over the city. This is why you want to walk in love. The church world is really tiny. And God moved on the heart, gave grace and favor because he heard of the goodness of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a, was a very wealthy man. He had a good reputation. He was greatly respected. And out of all the kings, his heart was bent toward the king who he could honor and respect. 
There's something about getting our lives and having our name great. We're never perfect, are we? No, and there's a lot of people who say a lot of horrible things about me that aren't true. So we're never going to get it all right. But there should be a good vein of people who can say a lot of good things about you. There's something about that integrity. Favor attracts that, doesn't it? And we'll probably get into that a little bit in the next series um, about what in the world because there's something about our righteousness that attracts God and the anointing and the power of God, and that is a lost um, calling in the church of Jesus today. The church has made it too easy for people to come to Christ and not count the cost. And I believe we're leaving in a season where it's time to count the cost. Amen? It's time to teach that. All right. So what happened? They got their word from God, or at least they called on their word from God. And when he finally said, I'll meet your need, look at verse 15. He said to them, Elisha, but now bring me a harpist. What did he say? I've got to get in worship. So you're going to call on the word of God, and then you're going to get in worship. What does worship do? Worship pushes unbelief away. Worship gets your mind in alignment with God, and we talked about that for weeks. Worship allows the anointing of God to come in. Worship gives you ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. Worship pushes away all the carnality and ushers you into the presence of God. And then he needed to get a word from God, and so he said, I'm gonna, I need that harpist to come, and I need to worship, and I need to get in God's presence to hear what God is really trying to say to these three kings. So this is what he does. He, he gets into this prayer and in this worship time, and finally, can you imagine, like, you've got the prophet in your midst, and you've been going through a struggle, and you would think they would think, we're going to get this great word from God. Like, this prophet's going to give us a word. It's going to rain. It's going to thunderstorm. You're going to take over your enemy. You know, there's going to be a great revival. And so they're waiting with this anticipation of this word from the prophet. And finally, the prophet came, and there was no word of encouragement in their sight. He gives them a ridiculous command. You know, there's sometimes in our journey where we're like, why am I going through this, that God will require a little bit more out of you. And you think, God, I can't go through this anymore. Yes, you can. But the difference is you're not going to plow it in negativity in the natural. You're now going to give God's going to require things of the spiritual side of your life. He's like, I have a miracle for you, but it may not be the way that you like it. So let's look in verse uh, three, chapter 3, verse 15. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Wait a minute. They're tired already. They're thirsty. They're disappointed. Their animals are tired, and God wants them to go work some more. That doesn't sound pleasant to the flesh, does it? Because when we're in a situation, we want to get out of it right now. We want the God of thunder to come down and just let it pour down rain. Is God able to do that? Absolutely. But sometimes he wants us to be involved in that miracle. He's requiring some things of us. He's like, maybe you're in this dry season because you haven't opened up your Bible in a long time and really got a revelation from me. Maybe you're living off old man a revelation that's gotten you through, but I'm asking you to get a new revelation with me. Maybe you haven't really talked to me for a while so you can have ears to hear what my spirit has to say, and I'm going to ask you to dig in a little while and crucify that flesh so that you can hear what my spirit has to say. I love when prophets come in and blow up, and they're, ah, oh, the word of the Lord, and it feels so good to our flesh, but nobody wants to tell us to read our Bible. 
Nobody wants me to tell me to go get marriage classes. Nobody tells me to go get a book and sit down with my husband and wife and work through the challenges and put the work in, dig that ditch just a little bit more. Nobody wants to tell us to budget for the blessings of God. Ooh. I'm saying it's sweet today, right? Guess what? This is real. This is real relationship with God. We have to put in. The Bible says when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. That means God is not a genie in the bottle. He doesn't, you don't just quote some scriptures. Well, that promise should be there. Well, I, I quoted the word of God. That's not the God that we serve. He says you stand in faith believing in when you don't see. When you see defeat, when you see discouragement, you still stand. They wanted the big word of rain and enjoying life and it's going to get better, amen. They wanted that, but that's not what God gave them. And sometimes I think we just need to stay in the battle. Keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Keep being faithful to the house of the Lord. Keep being faithful to tithing. Well, God, I've been doing it. It's not working. Keep being faithful to the house of the Lord. Keep digging that ditch and doing what you need to do. Amen? Don't give up in the midnight hour because your greatest blessing is just ahead of you if we will trust God. You ever see anybody like on social media or they share their testimony and they got this miracle from God? And it almost seemed like a suddenly miracle. You hear those suddenly miracles? Well, I believe in suddenly miracles, but I also believe on the backside of the mountain they were walking by faith. They didn't quit digging the ditch. They didn't quit trusting God. They didn't quit worshiping when they could have. They kept, you didn't see the backside of the mountain. And now we want to judge their breakthrough when you didn't do what they did. Right? Didn't do what they did. You're suddenly miracles coming too. Stay on that mountainside. Stay faithful. Keep digging that ditch. Keep honoring God. Keep tithing. Keep serving. Work on that marriage. Work on your children. God will work it all, all together for good. Amen? God has it for you. Verse 17. For this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain. So you're going to do what I've asked you to do. It's not going to rain yet. You won't see it. But you're going to keep digging. Do you know what that word see means? It's not just natural. To discern. So when you're in this experience, you may not see the winter rain, but I can discern it. I know what God told me in the closet. It's going to rain. God's going to bring my children back to the Lord. God's going to surround me with favor as with a shield. God is on my side. I see it by the Spirit, but I don't see it in the natural. So we don't dig our ditches by what we see. We dig our ditches by what we discern. Woo. Come on. You discern that healing. You discern that business breakthrough. You discern your marriage being great. You discern that you are healed by the Lord. I see it by the Spirit. I'm not going to see it in the natural yet. I'm going to have to keep walking by faith. And you and your cattle... Hallelujah. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. There's the promise. Promises of God are yes and amen over your life. It will happen. But you got to keep digging. you got to keep being faithful until the promises is fulfilled. And you, not only is the valley going to be filled with water, you and your cattle and your other animals will drink. Listen to this. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. 
We serve an amazing, powerful, almighty God. He is strong and he's mighty. And with the wave of his hand, he can shift the world any which way that he wishes. That's the God. This is easy. Well, God, it's so hard. I can't see you. It's easy for God. How can I get that business started? I don't know, but it's easy for God. How are my children going to serve the Lord? I don't know, but it's easy for God. Hallelujah. How am I going to be blessed and prosperous? I don't know, but it is easy for my God. And he will make a way where there seems to be no way. I'll be blessed coming in and blessed going out. He'll give me vineyards that I didn't plant and houses that I didn't build because he is my God. Amen? You may not like where you're at. Don't see where you're at. See where God sees you. And that favor will begin. You'll be an attraction. When you get in faith, it's like a magnet. All of a sudden, when nothing happened, you get into faith, and it's like everywhere something happens. Anybody ever been there? It's like all or nothing. You're like, oh, my gosh, that's faith. You got back into faith. And you're trusting God. This is easy. And then here's the clincher of the promise. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. It's going to happen. Maybe not the way that you thought, but it's going to happen. Amen? But what did he say? What, he, what did he say? Dig a ditch first. You have a faith in your life that you need to attract that is effective and it moves the heart of God. You have faith in your life that is active. Say active. You need active faith that is pursuing the blessings and the promises of God. You have that in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible says he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. Aren't you thankful? That's his promise. I, I feel a little forsaken, God. He's never seen the righteous forsaken. If the dogs can get the crumbs off the table, how much more worthy am I, his kid? The blessings of God are for your life. They are yes and they are amen. But we've got to get back into looking at to Jesus, Amen. That active faith. Number two, only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants you to dig a ditch. I've shared this point before in the past, but I brought it back around because it's so powerful. God can send the water. That's not impossible to God. He can do it just by his choice, but he wants you to dig the ditch. He wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. He's saying, show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. Sometimes we want the faithfulness without the faith. And, and when you get in that place of disappointment, it's easy to be there. This is not a condemnation message. I've sat on the couch going, God, why aren't you doing it for me? Why isn't this happening? I've been faithful. And God's like, I'm not attracted to that. I don't hear that. I hear faith. By your stripes, I'm healed. That's what God hears. He hears your faith. And I wish he was motivated by my pity parties. But he's not. He don't hear that. He hears faith. He hears his word. He wants me to keep doing what I'm doing. James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. If I've ever seen anything in the kingdom today, is people have a lot of information. There's so much information out there. And there's a lot of garbage out there too, just so you know which is why I really want to teach you what our church believes in all of this that's happening in the world today. But there's a lot out there, and you get so much information, but nobody's applying it. I shouldn't say nobody, 
but I see way too much information and little application. You can have all the information you want, but if you don't apply it in faith, it is dead. It does no good for you just to get information. Get the one truth and let that be an act of faith in your life and pursue that with everything and receive the promises of God. And you've heard my story a million times when I was, uh, got the revelation at 17 to work hardly as unto the Lord and not as unto man, Colossians 3.17, I think it is. I realized, oh my gosh, on the job, I, I serve God. That was my rhema. I don't serve man. I serve God. I was promoted and blessed, and you know my story, because of one revelation. You don't need to know Genesis to Revelation, deep theology, down into the Greek and the Hebrew, the beginning. Listen, you don't need to know. That's okay to know. You don't need to know that to activate your faith. Sometimes we want more, more. Give me more, give me more. That's not faith. That's information. Information is no good for you if you're not activating in faith. It's just a bunch of head knowledge, which honestly can produce pride. Right? Because we've all been there. <laughs> God didn't need them to dig ditches. He wanted them to dig ditches. It drew him, them to him. It drew them to trust him. It drew them to focus on him. Amen? God loves to see our faith in action. He loves to, us to come alongside in his miracles. You can find that all through the New Testament. He said, and Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. You look at Peter. Peter was standing in the boat with the other disciples, but Jesus said to him, come. Peter had to get out of the boat. He had to take the first step. He had to be part of the miracle. And he came and he walked on the water. Sometimes we just want to stay in the boat and receive the miracle. And Jesus like, come to the boisterous waters. Not comfortable, it's not safe, it's vulnerable, I don't like it. Jesus like, trust me, come. Right? What do you got? The withered hand. Jesus could have just healed the withered hand. And what did he say to the man? Stretch out your hand. You're a participant of this miracle. Stretch it out. And when he did, the, heal, the hand was healed. Amen? The lame man um, sitting on the mat, waiting for somebody to, you know, come by and give him money. And, and what, did, what did Peter say? Pick up your mat. There was a participant. He could have healed him right on the mat. He didn't have to have him stand, but God wants to connect your faith to the miracle. Get out there and do it by faith. Get out there and trust God by faith. The blind man, what did Jesus do? He spit in the dirt. And he made mud and put it on his eyes. That's stupid. Sorry, Jesus. I don't want to call you stupid. And then he said, you're going to walk by faith blind with mud on your eyes to the pool of Shalom or whatever it's called. We don't want that. I don't want mud in my eyes. I don't want to walk to the pool. Why can't Jesus do it right now? The complaint of our heart, isn't it? Well, why isn't it just happening? No, God says walk by faith and not by sight. We're wanting God to do something, but we won't take the step of faith. Amen. You want godly kids? Get them to church. Amen. Pray with them. Teach them the Bible. Let them see you praying in your home. Let them see you reading your Bible. Kids don't follow God because of what you say. They follow God by what they see. Amen. And some of you get the chance to arrange your grandchildren and all of that, and you'll have that godly input. But you want a better marriage, you got to put into that marriage, amen? You want more resources, get the revelation of tithing to God's house. 
not about God wanting your money. It's a law. It's a principle. Well, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. God will take your 90 and make more of that 90% than the 10% if you kept it. There's, everybody in this room could give that testimony, amen? It doesn't make sense. It's not what I see, but it's what I know. It's what I, the revelation of God's word, amen? All right. Let's keep going really quick. Number one, only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants you to dig the ditch. Or number two. Number three, real faith believes big, but is willing to start small. Amen. Get your faith out there. We're going into 2024 here very quickly. We'll be doing our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Get your faith out there. Get some ridiculous faith. What's that saying? If your dream is too big for God. It, I have it written down. Let's see. If the size of your dream isn't intimidating to you, it's insulting to God. Like we've all heard that, right? Think big. Most people don't think big enough. We serve a God. Think about that in the ninth century when God told them to dig ditches. They didn't have the plows we had today. They didn't have the machinery they had today. What did they do? Took a shovel, dug it in, <laughs> kicked it, pulled it out. They had to work, amen. They had to put the small. It, it wasn't like everything happened at once. It's the small digging, showing up at church, being faithful with your tithe, honoring God, forgiving other people, amen, working on your marriage. It's the little things that now will build the big things in your life. Here are people, they, they, I've talked to people, they don't even have a car. Well, I'm believing God for a Bentley. Really? I mean, hey, if your faith is there, praise God. But in my history, I would get four wheels with gas and start there. Yeah, your big dream is a Bentley, but start with something that moves and gets you to your job. Hallelujah. And then go to the next one. You know, praise God, maybe it has AC this time. You know, I don't know. Or people, I'm going to live in a mansion. You know, no, start with a darling apartment. Take really good care of that apartment. Make it a dollhouse. I've lived in apartments and places that I would probably be embarrassed to tell you. But you know what? I had the acutest apartment door you'd ever see. It was decorated. It was clean. It was cute. And I worshiped Jesus in that apartment. And everybody heard me. I didn't know it till later, but they heard me pray. They started asking for prayer requests. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, you can totally hear me? Right? Start. Enjoy the small. Pastor Paul's messages. Have a good heart towards the small things. Have a big dream, but be willing to start small. Doesn't all, and if it comes big, praise God, that's your testimony. But what does Zechariah 4.10 says? Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Time to get our spiritual shovels out, people. Be like, Lord, you see me? I got my shovel. I'm walking by faith. I'm getting the word of God. I'm getting my worship on. I'm going to pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to build up my faith. Amen? Amen? Thank you, Jesus. What did God tell Moses? What's in your hand, Moses? He wanted the whole miracle. God's like, I'm not giving you that, but I gave you a rod. Use that first. Amen? And we know God did that. All right. I don't know if I have time to close in this story. What do we see in the Bible? Jesus used two loaves and five fishes. It wasn't big. The widow with two mites got his attention. Amen? It's the small things that matter. Don't worry about reading the Bible all the way through. Read a chapter. Amen? Read a chapter. And then read another chapter the next day. 
And then another chapter, dig those ditches and begin to let that be seed into your life. Don't worry about going big. When we did our Accelerate Youth Ministry in Beloit, we literally exploded. We were the largest youth ministry in, in the Midwest. The largest one was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But we just exploded. We had kids everywhere. And they were coming. We had over 300 kids in a little cow town. I shouldn't say cow town. It was a um, corn, corn town, farm town. Would it have 30,000 people in it? 30,000 people. And we were drawing 300 teenagers weekly in a midweek service. It was God. But we started looking around, and it's like, but God, we had the lights and the sound and the cool car, and we had a DJ booth, and it was all super cool. But I remember looking at it, and it blew up really fast. But I was like, are we giving them what they need to serve God five years from now? Are we, I can say, we got big numbers, but do they have character? They didn't know how to hear from God. They didn't know how to share their faith. And I remember standing on the back of the, um, and, you know, ego was cool. Like, it was like we had the hottest ministry in, in that little cow town. And, uh, but I remember standing back in the, in the bleachers, and I said, God, I want a righteous youth ministry. I want a ministry that these kids are going to five, ten years serve you, be in ministry. And I said, if you have to take it down to 12, you can do that. I wish I'd have said, like, 30, you know. I did and it literally shrunk down to 12. It was like, holy. We had, a we had a church split for youth. It was like the youth started up rising. We had a church split back there. And, uh, but you know what? I knew it was God. And we begin to dig the ditch. And we begin to teach them how to share their faith. And we went out on the streets, and they passed out flyers. And we ended up in a, we passed out these flyers. It was called the, what was that thing in Jane's? Well, the Strip. It's called the Strip. And the cars would run up and down and around. And it was like the cool place for kids to be. And there's video machines, like, in the stores and stuff. So we passed out a bunch of flyers. And um, it said, at midnight, meet in the, let's say, Cole's parking lot. And so we were there waiting. So the kids went and passed out all these flyers. It was like it was going to be a party. It wasn't a church announcement. And um, they all, trucks everywhere, trucks and cars. I mean, I'm telling you that part, police came and everything and it was crazy but we had all our headlights on and we played this secular song um, I, I forget what it was called and we did this skit in the middle of this parking lot we had speakers everywhere and it was all about coming to Jesus and the gospel of God went out. These are the kids. They did it. Gospel of God went out. Um, people began to weep and then when we were done we sent them out with Mountain Dew and bags of chips and they begin to share the gospel all over Cole's parking lot, praying for people, winning people to Jesus, praying for healing. This was the youth, the teenagers, not the adults. And then we met up at, at church afterwards, and these kids were climbing the walls with so much excitement, like, man, I prayed for this person, I prayed for that person. And we begin to build it on integrity. And that ministry went back up to 300. But there were kids who are now serving God today. And they are in ministry today. And God did something in that season. So sometimes we want the big, but God's like, just dig the ditch small. Watch and see what I will do. Because when I'm ready to build it, I will build it. Amen. Amen? So what is 2 Kings 3.20? Let's close in this. The next morning, about the time for offering the sacrifice, there it was. Water flowing from the direction of Edom, and the land was filled with water. Listen, when you least expect it, when you're faithful to God, the blessings will come. Amen. They will chase you down. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. 
I know some of you, I feel so strong that there's some deep desires on the inside of you. I know that you're believing God for something. And I just want to come into faith with you today that God is going to give you this miracle. Amen. So let me just pray over you. Father God, I thank you for everyone in this room and those watching at home, God. I thank you that you are the God of miracles. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you release the gift of faith over every one of us in this room. That God, where you're at is not where you see us. And I just hear too, there's some of you that's in a good place, but I see God taking you to an even greater place. I just hear the Lord say, elevation is coming in your lives, every one of us. Elevation is coming in your life. And God wants to meet your desires and your dreams and those things that you're longing for. And I also see that a spirit of disappointment just swiped across your life. There was this heavy spirit of disappointment. And the Lord says, I'm breaking that spirit off of your life now. I'm breaking that spirit of heaviness. I'm breaking that oppression that has tried to limit you and hold you captive and saying, this is all. All that there can be. God says, I'm shattering that spirit off of your life. And I'm going to open up your dreams and your visions and your desires. And I'm going to activate your faith on the inside of you, says the Lord. And I thank you, God. We come into agreement with that prayer. That, God, you will release the gift of faith. That, God, we're going to remain faithful. We're going to do our part. Some of you here this morning just need to say yes to Jesus. That's your first step. You need to say yes to Jesus. That's digging your ditch. And God will begin to line everything up when you say yes to him. He's looking for that participation. He's looking for your yes. I also see businesses in this room that God's going to begin to bless the businesses. And if that's you, just raise your hands. Father, we speak over business ideas. We thank you, Father God, for the marketplace increase in their life, God, whether they're active businesses or businesses being birthed. In the name of Jesus, we speak life to them. We speak the plans and the purposes of God over them in the name of Jesus, that God, you'll bring the right people, the right place, but Lord, there'll be no fear attached to what you're called them to do. But Lord, they will have the gift of faith to step out and do the assignment of their business, God. We call favor, blessings, and increase, Father God. Let the right people come alongside them. Let the right employees, let the right marketing people, God, whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, we release the businesses in this house for financial freedom in their life, Father God. We thank you, God. We release that anointing. In the name of Jesus, that they'll be blessed to be a blessing. And I hear the Lord say to the business owners, if you will keep God in the center of it, and you'll let him have the first fruits, and you'll be uh, faithful with your tithes and offering tithes out of that company, God says, I will bless it exponentially. God says, I will bless it and bless it, because God wants to put wealth into people's hands to fund the kingdom of God. God wants to put wealth into your hands to fund the kingdom of God. And the Lord says, if you'll be that conduit, the blessings will never cease. They'll never cease. They'll never cease. So God, I thank you for that word. In the name of Jesus. Children coming to God. Joy. God wants to give the joy of your salvation back to some of you. A joy for serving God again. A joy for serving his house. God wants to reignite that flame inside of you today. God, I thank you for you moving across this room. Moving across this room. Jesus, activate our faith. Activate our dreams. Activate our desires, God. Jesus, just extend your faith to God right now. 
Connect your faith to the Father. Let him see your faith. God, we cry out to you, God, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. We thank you that you know all things, the beginning and the end of our desires and our dreams, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you open up heaven as we leave this week for something new, God, in our life. We thank you and praise you. And before we close, I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And I don't know where you're at in your faith today. Maybe you just need to recommit and say yes to Jesus. Get all in. Step out by faith and say yes to Jesus. Listen, God will figure it all out. You don't have to have it all figured out. But he's looking for your faith. Maybe you're, you're saying yes for the first time. We are going to celebrate with you that you said yes to Jesus. And we're here to come alongside of you. But Jesus loves you. And he forgives you. And he wants to give you hope. And he wants to give you joy. And he wants to give you peace today. So if that's you, I want all of us to say this prayer together. For someone who may be saying it for the very first time, I want you to say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I need you to be the Lord of my life. Give me my joy. Give me my peace. Ignite my faith. I trust you today. In Jesus' name. With all heads bowed, if you said that prayer, lift your hands up all over this room. Lift your hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All over this room, thank you. There must be about 30 of you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.